When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Take more of your calls. Coming up here towards 5 o'clock, Jay Moore, Big Red Wrap Up with us. And then uh, Marcus Washington, a quick good five minutes with him. We say hi to Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. It's where you find and follow him. Mitch, how are we doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Schmitty? I'm good, man. I'm absolutely good. I love this time of year. It's going to be a big ball game with the Illini coming in. And, you know, there's a a lot to to get into with with this uh, ball game here. And Mitch, I wanted to get get your take here first and foremost with with Nebraska's front seven against the Illini, and not only the Illini but zooming out. I mean, it's going to be uh, grown man football here to end the uh, the regular season with uh-huh. the style of offenses Nebraska's set to face and matching physicalities. What what Mickey Joseph talked about? How do you how do you project or foresee the defense? holding up Saturday and beyond? Are they, are they capable? Do they have enough, have enough bodies in that front seven? No, I don't think so. I, <laughs> I had a straight enough answer for you. I, <laughs> so we're on the same there's, page. <laughs> there's, there's probably not a team in the country over this next stretch of four games that's going to face a lineup of backs like Chase Brown, Mo Ibrahim, Blake Corum and Braylon Allen that Nebraska is, is, is set to go against. And it's, it's good that it's coming after a bye, but it's also concerning and, and I think indicative of the situation at Nebraska that there was so much talk today about the Huskers getting healed up and, you know, they've been, they've been banged up since, since their last bye, their last bye was, was they've played three games mm-hmm. since the last bye. And I know you don't get completely healthy over one week off, but it's enough time for some minor bumps and bruises to heal. And in those three games since the last bye, it was, as everyone knows, uh, Indiana, Rutgers, and, and then Purdue. So not the, not, not the physical lineup of just mashers that Nebraska is going to face here over the next five weeks. I shudder a little bit to think what kind of condition this group is going to be in physically come black Friday. Um, and, and that's not because of, of any shortcomings that any of the defensive players, or you can apply this to the offensive side too, 
not because of any of their physical shortcomings, but just because Nebraska's not deep and, and already has injury issues on both sides of the ball. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take like some kind of a Herculean effort for the Huskers to stay in good shape and be ready to, to withstand the kind of pounding that these next five teams are going to put on them. Even Iowa at the end, I mean, that defense brings the hurt. And, um, you know, while the offense is, 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 is um, embarrassingly bad, uh, you know, they're going to hit you uh, with, with their defense. So five straight weeks of big boy football coming up for Nebraska. And, you know, that was the, those were the first words out of Mickey Joseph's mouth today. He said he's asked his team to match the physicality of the opposition. And that's uh, easier said than done, I would, I would uh, suggest. Mitch Sherman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Mitch, you hit on it early in the question. That the area where Illinois is going to out-physical you on the offensive side of the ball is with that rushing attack. Is, I mean, that's what most offenses do. Whenever you look at their rushing attack, is it Chase Brown or is it the offensive line? I mean, obviously, a running game has a, a, a got to be a good mixture of both offensive line and running back. But whenever you look at that team, I mean, is Chase Brown as special as a guy like Mo Ibrahim or a guy like Braylon Allen? Or is he getting a lot of help from his offensive line? He looks like it this year. I don't know that that's been Chase Allen throughout his career, but yeah, I, I wouldn't take anything away from him. They have a good offensive line. That's part of the reason that, that he's put up the numbers that he has. But, um, you know, he's making things happen on his own in addition to the help that he's getting. You know that a Brett Bielema team is going to hit you up front. I mean, you can go back to his, to his days at Wisconsin and the linemen that he produced and, and the backs that he produced too. And you know, it goes hand in hand. And, um, Joseph also talked today about, and, and I had kind of forgotten about this, that he had matched wits with, you know, not, not man versus man, but he'd coached on a staff against Brett Bielema in the SEC West, and it wasn't a great experience for Bielema at Arkansas. I think you take him out of the Big Ten, and it's like he loses his superpower a little bit. You put him right back in, and, and you know, all of a sudden uh, it's back. But uh, the, the, the trait that that Mickey remembered from those Arkansas teams that LSU faced, and really that, that LSU out-athleted like a lot of teams in the SEC did against Bielema's Arkansas squads, is that they were physical and they hit you. And so, so he brings that wherever he goes. Uh, he instills that mentality. He recruits those kind of players. He coaches them and gets his assistant coaches to, to coach them throughout the week in <clears throat> how to be relentless at the line of scrimmage. And it really shows. It shows this year on both sides of the ball. Um, I would say going to his Wisconsin days, it, it did then too. But, you know, we're talking about offense, and his offensive linemen are good, but Chase Brown is also very good. You get both of those working together, and uh, this is what you have. You've got a really sound rushing attack and some play action, and then uh, high towers, uh, really talented wideout as well. Nebraska, Mitch, why do you think Nebraska's had such issue with, with Illinois pre-Bielema? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the last mm-hmm. four ball games. I mean, it looks like but, if you're an old-school Nebraska fan, the wrong team's wearing the wrong helmet. Yeah, you, know, you think Lovey Smith wasn't beating much of anybody toward the end of his time in Champaign, and he was still taking it to Nebraska. They didn't win that um, that 19 game in Champaign. Nebraska snuck that one out. But I, I remember the just the uh, exhaustion and, and incredible relief 
that on the face of Scott Frost at the end of that game. They got everything and more that they bargained for, and it was really just the physical nature of Illinois. I mean, and then it wasn't even so much that they were physical at the line of scrimmage. They were physical in the back in the back seven mm-hmm. with the defense. I remember the hits that you know that Wandale Robinson and, and and the other Nebraska receivers, and if a back got into the into the second level that they were taking, Illinois just just brought the wood, and that was kind of a trademark of a Lovey Smith coach team. You know, he was never uh, discredited, I would say, for the physical style of play that he instilled with Illinois. It was more they couldn't develop offensive skill guys. Um, you know, they they certainly recruited Chase Brown, uh, but he's you know he's better in this system. And I think part of that is because they just didn't have a consistent passing threat. You know, Lovey struggled uh, to, for whatever reason, to find an offensive coordinator or a quarterbacks coach who could who could who could develop that kind of a, a part of the game. So Bielema does not have that issue, and Tommy DeVito, the Syracuse transfer, has has done a nice job in, in being a serviceable guy. You know, he's not a superstar. Um, he's not going to make all the throws like Aiden O'Connell did in that game uh, against Nebraska. But I think he's better than you know what the Huskers saw. Uh, with Georgia Southern, um, who put up 40 points plus and 600 yards against Nebraska. I think he's better um, than what Nebraska saw against Northwestern, um, which put up a ton of yards and 31 points. So even though Illinois hasn't been scoring a lot this year, um, I, I don't think that you can just expect they're going to come out and, and, and score 21 or 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they could put up some points for sure against Nebraska, especially with the um, ability that they have to hold on to the ball, like um, like we saw with Purdue two weeks ago. Mitch Sherman's with us here from The Athletic. Mitch, I was looking at your mailbag, and a really good question uh, that, that started off uh, some of your answers, your Q&As, but judging Mickey, this is a, a, mm-hmm. a tough stretch to, to judge, but it is part of the exam, right? It's part of the audition. And, you know, how are you going to look at Mickey? To me... I, I look at this football team. Do they play hard? Do they play confident? Do they do they win? Do they win some ball games? And, and they've done that already. But you've got a monster test uh, to finish the year with, you know, the teams and players we've we've outlined here. When it comes to your judgment here on does he get the job or doesn't he? How are you looking at at Mickey and just the body of work? Well, it starts with the wins and losses. Um, you know, that's that's the way <clears throat> this business works. And you know, Mickey has been quick to embrace that um, from the beginning. Mickey and, and, you know, the people closest to him have been quick to say that he's got to win games. If he wants to be in consideration for this at the end, it's about winning games. And he's 2-2, two and two, and now he's got five against the uh, – a really tough lineup. So, I mean, in some ways, it's a good. T- it's a. It's a. You're not going to sneak through this and win, <laughs> and win a handful of these games without truly earning it and truly showing what kind of a coach you are. And it may be just too. It, there may not be a coach out there who could have walked in with this group and posted a winning record over Nebraska's last eight games. We'll see. I mean, it might. It might just be a, an in, an insurmountable task with all that that Nebraska faced at the beginning of this and, and, and the difficult situation that he was in and these, and these players and assistant coaches were, we'll see that's, you know, there's five games left um, to determine um, how it's going to come, come out. Um, I mean, I've said eight games, but it's obviously nine games that, that Mickey had um, to be judged by. But beyond that, it's, it's, um, 
you know, it's about the way the team stays together. It's about the toughness that they show. It's about the discipline that we see on the field. Um, it's about the, the, just the sense of how Mickey Joseph and his coaching style resonate throughout the organization, um, throughout the locker room and with the staff and how people feel about playing for him and coaching for him. And, and you know, the continue, one thing that he knows uh, and one thing that he can do without any issues um, is recruit. Now it's difficult to do that with no head coach in place, um, no head coach for the, for, for next year. I mean, these kids that he's recruiting, whether they're transfers or you're not recruiting transfers yet, but you know, junior college kids or high school kids, um, you know, they're all looking at next year. That's the first time they're going to have an opportunity to get on the field with Nebraska and, and nobody can tell them who their coach is going to be. So that's awfully difficult, but you know, he can still sell Nebraska and sell himself. And, and um, it's been impressive, you know, while he's just gotten the one commit with Malachi Coleman this weekend, um, certainly the work that he's done to keep this class intact, intact and repair some relationships in important areas has been impressive. Do you, Mitch, just quickly, 15 seconds, with Malachi's commitment, do you think that means that, that Mickey is expecting to at least be here in some capacity next season? Oh, I don't know that I take everything that, you know, a 17-year-old says at face value. I, I think Mickey, Mickey's going to sell – sell the Nebraska program and sell himself in, in that situation um, under the assumption that, that he's going to be here. But um, you know, that's not probably even a question that Mickey can answer yet at, at this stage. Mitch Sherman, Mitch, we will see you on Saturday. Great stuff as always. Thanks for a few minutes today. Absolutely. Good to talk to you guys. All right, there he is. Good to spend time with Mitch Sherman as always. Find him on Twitter at Mitch Sherman. Read him with The Athletic. We'll hear from Mickey Joseph uh, on Malachi Colvin. Hail Varsity continues presented by Currency.